A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. If you enjoy the Red Men podcast, then we have got more Red Men podcasty goodness for your ears. And now, as an alternative to RedmenPlus.com, you can subscribe to Red Men Plus podcast directly through Spotify. Yep, you just go through Spotify, pay them directly instead of us. It means the same thing, except you get access to the podcast in Spotify directly. Get involved. Extra Red Men podcast each and every week. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV. It's match build-up time. Liverpool heading down to the South Coast once again to face Brighton to fight to face Brighton. Let's go either or is absolutely fine in the FA Cup this time, of course, just a couple of days or weeks after. Yeah, pretty but yeah, you can call the worst loss of his career yeah, now at Brighton in the league. Steve Hall here, joined by Dan Club and Steve Plunk for yeah, a, a match build-up show of a difference, a, a bit of an announcement to come later on. On, in terms of the match build-ups and the future of the show in general, but yeah, stick around to the end of the show for that one if you want to, if you want a little bit more on that one. But yeah, a bit of an announcement coming up later in. But before we get to that one, uh, Dan, mm-hmm. revenge time. It's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, I think Jurgen Klopp in his press conference earlier was obviously asked about going back to Brighton so soon, and he sort of referenced just how poor the first game was, and I don't think they watched it back initially, and they've watched some things back since. So yeah, it's got to be revenge time since that very humbling, embarrassing, and sort of eye-opening defeat we have shown a little bit of teeth like to sort of quote you a minute ago we have shown a little bit of fight actually and we've gone back to basics a bit so yeah it's got to be um and there's no better way to put it right is than to go back there and to yeah to get the result that we're looking for this time Steve obviously you managed a few years ago you're a football manager obviously a lower level than two Premier League sides but if your side had just gotten beaten and then a few weeks later you were playing the same side how much would you be speaking about that in the build, like in a training sessions or tactical plan or whatever? Would there would there be? I know because Jürgen's quick to downplay that. Really, he's more like, oh, we'll just concentrate on us. But behind the scenes, there must be a, a concerted effort of right. These battered us last time. These these embarrassed Jews on national seat in front of the world. Like there must that must be something that's being said. Surely you, well, you would have been, you would have been using that. We did scout teams even at the level I managed that, and you would basically look at their strengths. And for us, their strength is our weakness. So it makes it like sort of double down on what goes on in midfield in terms of when we don't have the ball, how we stop runners, how we stop getting ourselves into 50-50 situations with with powerful, more physical centre midfielders than we've got. So yeah, there'll be a lot of that. I'm not of the opinion that Jürgen Klopp does too much of that. I think he likes to centre on what we do mm-hmm. and we do well. And if we do it well, it kind of doesn't matter what the opposition do because we're good enough to, to, to see that game out. But you can't hide the fact that their midfield was and is on paper and form-wise stronger and better than ours right now. So I think 
I think it'll be a slightly different approach to the game. I, I don't think we go there and be so open in midfield. He has to find a way to stop that. Yeah, and listen, he tried Thiago. De facto, he's not going to do that again, I think. But, like, obviously, since that game, they, they battered us, then they played uh, Leicester. They drew two all. Mm-hmm. Regardless of changes, and they have had, they've, had, they've made a couple of changes, they've had injuries, and we'll, and we'll touch on later. Yeah. The one thing they, they are continuously doing is scoring goals, you know. Mm-hmm. Three against us, five against Middlesbrough, two against Leicester, two against Arsenal. They, they, they constantly four yeah. against Everton. They, they, they found the back of the net, and I say that like I said on the last build-up to the last Brighton game. They've done it without a recognised striker or old Ferguson. Mm-hmm. It's starting to evolve into that role. As, as Steve, Steve makes a great point about the midfield, and he does, but but they've, they've scored against everyone. Yeah. It hasn't just been a it hasn't been Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Listen, two goals. I know they, they got beat by Arsenal, but they scored twice against them. Yeah. And obviously Arsenal won four two. Like I say, battered butter. Loads of goals. Loads of goals. Jürgen again, he said in this press conference, didn't he, about the defending today. Um, and by the way, that press conference is available on our YouTube channel. If you listen to this on a podcast, then feed, it should be in the feed if you want to go and check out everything Jürgen said there. And it was quite interesting, but he did say that, uh, without, without really putting out, it was like, yeah, defending's everyone's responsibility. It's a complex thing, but I've, I've, I've been quite happy with how things have changed around since that game. Yeah. This is the test, because the reason why Liverpool, really, the reason why Liverpool were forced to go a little bit more compact and with back to basics in the Wolves game and the Chelsea game is because they were played off the park by Brighton so if you want to test the, the the change of emphasis or the change of approach and the change of players mm-hmm. going back to the exact same place against pretty much the exact same team yeah. it's the perfect example well you think you're defensively solid here's the team who scored three against you with this close to having a penalty he could have beat us five, six, seven yeah. genuinely could have been seven yeah. that, that's the chance for us to go and prove that are we you know, are we defensively solid now? Was that fool's gold in the last couple of weeks against two struggling attacking sides? That this is the the litmus test for that, really. Oh, one hundred percent it is. Yeah, it, it it feels like it might have come a little bit too early in that sense, actually, because you're right. Obviously, we've got two back to back clean sheets now, which is great, and so much of Jurgen Klopp's narrative about how he's going to sort of change our season around and get us facing the right direction again has been about getting more defensively solid, winning more challenges, and then really stripping it back to the fundamentals really of football and doing the basics right and you winning your individual battles and stuff which we weren't doing for pretty much the entire season up until the last fortnight you'd have to say um but like i say to go from being so underwhelming and so under par at brighton just like a fortnight ago it doesn't feel like we've had enough proof to really say we're back now this is us and we look defensively solid so to go back there so soon is going to be another huge test i'd be amazed if we manage to limit Brighton to the sort of clear-cut opportunities like we've done against Wolves and Chelsea, we'd be really lucky to do so because, like you say, they're playing such free-flowing, attacking football. It's like the Zerbi's gone in there and seen all the great work Graham Potter did and went, OK, I can just add 5 6 7% to that and then we'll be done. We'll be pretty much, for where Brighton are, the full package. And I think they might be there in terms of what they can achieve and what is possible for them. He's done a great job, but for us... Yeah, this is a real big one. Um, and that's why so much is going to come down to the selection and who he goes with. Because obviously it's an FA Cup game. He'd be tempted to rotate. But he might have to just stick with the big guns for this one. Looking at them, Steve, because I'm, <coughs> I'm just checking here, Mike. It, it is going to be a, a slightly different Brighton team than we played. So, obviously, Lallana went off injured the other day. He won't be involved in the other game, mm-hmm. just, to be oh. fair to him. Uh, Colwell at, at centre-half played uh, that he's now injured. Um, I think they're still waiting for Webster to come back. So the other day it was Van Heck who played, and before, there's been talk of him going on loan to Middlesbrough. So obviously, the, and he got subbed off as well the other day as well. It, it bear, bear that in mind. He, he went off a little bit later on for um, I think Tyree Clancy come on and he had a little bit of a reshuffle. So it isn't the same side, um, which is worth noting. Obviously, they sold Trossard since then as well. Although again, 
he didn't play in that game. I think he, he was on the naughty step. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they are the. There's an issue at centre half. They've got an, they've got an issue at centre half. Uh, yeah. They have. Um, whether it's because the, the injuries they've got, obviously, with, with the with the situation there, Liverpool have got Darwin back, and we'll talk about upon that later. But that is one major difference, really. The, the, Liverpool didn't really attack Brighton. I'll be honest. It's hard to know because Caldwell could have played with a slippers on and Lewis Dunk. But if there is something, that is something, and that, that's a chink in the armour, perhaps. Perhaps, Perhaps a little bit. What Brighton do really well is that they play in blocks of four. So the centre midfield either go and engage with the back four or go and engage with the front two or three and they move in segments of four. I've, I've watched a bit of a tactical video and it's really interesting to watch. So it's not about who plays in that position. It's about managing a system that they mm. want. So if he's playing, they trust him to manage the system. If he's playing, they trust him to follow the game plan. They will probably try and do the same thing what they did last time because it worked. It's it's how we break that down. So I'm not really looking too much into Levi Colwell not playing. I personally think he shouldn't have been on the pitch after he showed a barge Allison in the side of the head for nothing uh, during that game. He was a very lucky boy that didn't get looked at. But with him not being there, the, the guy that comes in will just slot into a system rather than bringing in a guy with, with all of his indeficiencies and his strengths and his skills and all of that stuff. He will just be asked to do what the team have been doing since Dezebri took it on and said, like Dan said, I'll give it another maybe 10% and, and we'll be better. Because they are better now okay. than when, when Potter left. 100%. They've got more of an attacking flair. They've got more of a cutting edge. That problem of not scoring goals was transferred from Brighton to Chelsea, mm -hmm. so it seems. So I think we need to be mindful of, of disrupting the system rather than capitalising on one player. What do you think of this Casado stuff then, Dan? Because as it stands, a time like literally a few hours ago, Arsenal had a £60 million bid rejected for Moises Casado. Mm -hmm. Chelsea, Potter were interested in taking him as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's clearly like... On, is that going to affect him? Like we're hoping it does, but like I'm just thinking, I'd like us to sign him. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yeah. By the way, there was a lot of talk, but I think that's been ruled out now for for, for, for the time being, unfortunately. Um, but transfer bids don't just happen. Like someone spoke to someone, and there's been conversations. I suppose from a Liverpool point of view, a you'd like to be on his mind. B you might not play. There's a yeah. cup tied issue, perhaps with I, I don't know. There's, there's things. There's things to be. But like yeah. again, I'm, I, it is a little bit clutching our straws to be honest with you, but. I've seen, you know, if he's if he's thinks oh, I've got a big move coming, you know, does he get stuck in as much? Is it on the back of his mind? Is it in his head? Does the manager pick him because he didn't pick Trossard? Well, yeah. Again, I don't know if Mo I don't I can't say Moses can say those kicking up a storm. Like to be honest, we don't know how he's going, but mm. that's another thing. Like he's one of their best players, and if there, if there is just anything going around his head, that's a bo hopefully a bonus for us because he was excellent again. He's been excellent all season. Yeah, he was, and as much as Steve's right about the system working so well, it doesn't really matter who slots into it, which is what Jurgen Klopp's been his main success really at Liverpool. It hasn't mattered who's in individuals as long as we play the same way, which we haven't been able to do this year quite clearly. But yeah, I think with Kai Seda, clearly the manager doesn't suffer fools because we've seen that when he just took Trossard out of it entirely, just completely said, okay, then you don't want to be here. We don't have to be here. When that comes to training and matches, just said, yeah, on your way. Don't want you involved. <laughs> he had Mitoma, who was a wonderful player, as backup, so it didn't really matter too much. But with the <coughs> Kai Seda one, I don't know if the backup to him is quite as strong. I think without him and without Lallana, their midfield might be a little bit understrength, you'd probably have to say. Billy Gilmore, maybe. Was yeah, who hasn't really kicked on, has he, since he actually was wonderful against us in the FA Cup a couple of years ago. He was outstanding that night, but he hasn't really sort of trained on from that point, has he? So, yeah, if he is 
considering the move. The last thing I want to do is get injured, quite clearly. We know that. He did change agents as well recently, so there is something to all this transfer stuff. You don't just change agents and just like nothing happens on the back of it. It's very rare. Normally, it means something's brewing. Whether it happens this window, I think... It almost certainly leaves in the summer, at which point I'd like us to be involved in that conversation if that is the case. But for us, it'd be really nice. The perfect outcome, really, is he has kicked up a little bit of a stink. He does want to move. The manager, like I say, doesn't suffer fools, doesn't involve him, says, OK, you don't want to be here. Go sit on the naughty step. And then he doesn't leave, and then we sign him in the summer. That would be perfect. <laughs> Uh, looking at it with red tins of glass on, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it looks like uh, we'll keep an eye on it. But yeah, he might, listen, he might even be sold by the time uh, you know, he, could, he, could be on, he could be on a train to London as, as right now. We, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, going to speak well, about Liverpool and what Liverpool are going to do. Any changes, <coughs> like I say, Steve referenced before, about shutting Brighton down a bit more, the better than we did earlier. We'll do that in the second part of the show. Um, before that, I've got a trivia question before we head into our little break and I'll post it to you guys in the studio and anyone watching along live in the YouTube to get yourselves involved. If you're watching or listening to this post, just play it in your head. Have a little go, see if you can figure the answer out yourself. But yeah, um, this, obviously last season Liverpool won the FA Cup. Therefore, we won a fourth round tie. Liverpool won that game 3-1. Do you remember who scored the three goals? Who were Liverpool's three goal scorers? Do you know, do you know who we beat? Yeah, I was there. Sure, that helps. Yeah. You might have a good chance of this. So, yeah, who scored the three goals last season in the fourth round of the FA Cup? I'll, get, I'll give the answers. I think Dan probably already knows them. After the quick break, yeah, I just want to give you guys a heads up. It is nearly the end of the month, which means we'll be doing our prize draw very, very soon. A signed shirt from a Liverpool hero of the FA Cup last season. Cast your eyes and ears on this from Mr Chris Pajak. A few weeks ago, I was lucky enough to sit down with Liverpool left-back Kostas Timikas. I was able to get an interview with him, uh, to get some quick-fire questions done, and I was lucky enough to host a Q&A with him and John Aldridge at Hotel Anfield in Liverpool. Now, while I was there, I also managed to get him to sign this Liverpool shirt for you guys. So if you want to be in with a chance to win this incredible signed Kostas Timikas shirt, then all you need to do is go over to redmenplus.com and sign up as a club legend for this month prize draw. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. The Greek scouted himself, Costas Timica signed us a shirt and we'll be giving it away at the end of the month. What is it? As the time, it's the 27th right now, so four more days left of January and we'll be giving that away so we have to get yourselves involved. Redman Plus as a club legend and you'll get loads and loads of stuff including access to the Discord chat, which means you can avoid social media, which at this current climate might not be the worst idea for you, trust me. Um, right, then I said before the break about last season's FA Cup fourth round, it was against Cardiff, uh, obviously Liverpool won 3-1. Yep. Three different goal scorers, uh, fires from at me. We said Tacky. Yeah, so I've got, got the first a feeling Elliot might have scored. Yeah, yeah. Tacky well. scored the second and Elliot scored the comeback third. Comeback goal as well, the Harvey yeah. Elliot, that yeah. from his ankle. I can't get the third one. Jota opened the scoring. There you go. Yep. Job done. Absolutely nailed it. Dan Morris in the YouTube chat got that as well. Yeah, it was Elliot, Minamino and Jota. Albeit Dan, it was the other way round. Maybe Dan's gone maybe Dan's gone back with the other Dan got it. Um, it was Jota. Oh, this Dan, sorry, yeah. Jota was not you, sorry. It was Jota, yeah. it was Minamino, it was Elliot. Dan Morris said that in the YouTube chat. Well done to you, Dan. Thanks for playing along. But yeah, there we go. Right then, um I tried to delay it as much as I can, but we have to have fucking Liverpool now. <laughs> so um right then, injuries. Yeah, you can confirm nobody's relatively close. That means no Diaz, no Jota, no Van Dijk, no Arthur Mello, although apparently he's close. Um, no Roberto Firmino. They're the ones that we all knew about. Since then, Nath Phillips has been ill, mm. hasn't trained, and also um, is subject of transfer talk. 
hence why they put brought Reese Williams back. Um, and Fabio Carvalho is now out. Is the is the main one? He's no longer the op- an option on that left hand side. Whether he was anyway, um, but he's now injured as well. With all that being said, Steve, Jürgen still got some decisions to make here. Um, there are still some options available to him. Not as many as he would have wanted because you know Diaz, Jota, Van Dijk, and Firmino would have all been in contention to start for certain, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, but they're not here, so it is what it is. But there are still some choices. So yep. the first ones are centre half. I mean, Ibu's going to play. You, Robertson and Trent are first choice, unless they're getting rotated or whatever, they'll both certainly start. It's whether he goes with Gomez or brings back Joel Matip. Now, Joel Matip shit the bed in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of them did last season, don't get me wrong, in the last game against these. Since then, we've kept two clean sheets. So, would it be fair to say Gomez is probably the favourite of the two to, to play in this one? Yeah, for the reason you just said, two, two clean sheets, you'd be sending the wrong message out to the squad. If you said, right, I'm bringing Joe Matic back now, we, we all to a man in this studio and as Liverpool fans have been questioning Joe Matic's contribution at times this season, not been in the form that we've, we've yeah. seen in recent years. Um, so I, I kind of think, big thing after the Wolves game was he spoke of a meritocracy. Those guys that did really well would be in the running for shirts. Well, well Gomez hasn't done anything wrong, so we haven't conceded a goal. Um, and he's probably better on the left side than the other two anyway, in the absence of, of Van Dijk. So. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I see it being Gomez over Matic. Yeah, I agree. I think, like like Steve sort of touches upon there, when you get back-to-back clean sheets, having been so porous defensively the entire season, you can't get back-to-back clean sheets, make a big song and a dance about getting back to basics and being more defensively solid, and then pull out the defender who's been a part of that. It doesn't seem right. Like The shirt, Klopp himself has made a big thing about earning the shirt, especially with Pachetic, obviously. Gomez has done that, so you've kind of just got to let him go with it now. He also, Dan, I'll stick with you, he's got, he's got pace and... Massive, yeah. massive strength for his reading of the game, and his, I know his, he does defend well, like in one-on-one situations. But yeah. 
he does lap pace and what Brighton exposed that a little bit actually. Mm. Um, you know, that ball over to to Alex behind Alexander Arnold, for example. It was Matoma, wasn't it? It was Matoma, yeah. and, and that can happen because Trent's going to push forward a little bit. Mm. Go, Canate being on that side, Gomez being on the other side to cover Robbo. I do. I, I feel like if it was, even if it was just horses for courses, probably Gomez would be a better fit against this type of opposition who are full of pace, full yeah. of movement. I don't really think that suits Matip's game per se. So I think even in general. Gomez would be probably be the best option, albeit you know he, he has he has in the shape, but we've still seen this season like Joe Gomez has had his ups and downs as well. Like it's not like he's nailed on being brilliant either, no. but it does feel like you're right. Maybe he is better suited to this certain opposition. Yeah, one hundred percent. And we've all been we've all been kind of crying out and hoping and expecting at some point he will get a run of games. They'll get a consistent run of games in terms of his own form. His form <laughs> hasn't warranted that very often. The, obviously, the Napoli game earlier this year was. A, a prime example when he didn't wasn't being in the side for the next time around because he was just terrible. We weren't great to him, man, but he was probably the worst of the lot. So, yeah, I think with Massive, in terms of this game as well, Massive does like to be that standoffish defender who only really deals with situation when it's necessary. He won't go and engage, and that's fine. Canate is the opposite. He likes to go and engage and deal with stuff and be rough. So the way Brighton attack will be very pacey, like you say, but even if they go with Ferguson, you've got Canate, because Ferguson's a bigger lad. He can sort of, it'll be the physical attribute they've got, but Canate can probably deal with him and let go and deal with some of the runners around. And it's interesting that the right and left side of those two, I thought, I just assumed they'd line up the other way. But they have gone Gomez on the left and Canati on the right. Because Gomez, obviously, sort of filling in as a makeshift right back, you'd almost naturally say he should be on the right that, side. That's why he dropped in when we lost uh, Van Dijk with the knee injury. He has done he it. He played on the left. Yeah, he? he has. And he has. But like I say, because he plays <coughs> right back as well occasionally, yeah, yeah. you'd almost think it'd be more natural for him. But and he Ibu seems to shoot the left, but then he's been well. He's done all right on the Ibu right. on the left, yeah. Because when we didn't have Virgil Van Dijk for a couple of games, just sort of rotation wise, Canati was on the left. But yeah, it seems that they've struck upon something. Let's put it like that. They've struck well, we all upon thought something. he was a left back when we signed him because we played him there as well, didn't we? Yes, Gomez? yeah, exactly. Yeah, Danny esque yeah, <laughs> back in the day. But they've struck upon something, <laughs> Gomez and Canate. And I don't think we're in a situation now. Okay, that's worked. Let's try something else. If it works, let's go. Let's move on. You referenced before, my mates, the um, midfield, they completely outplayed us. The options available. Surely the midfield has to be the same midfield that's been the last two games. Like I can't see. Can he bring Jordan Henderson and Fabinho back into the side against the team that you be bombing them out the side for? I just don't see that being a thing. It's a bit mad that you, you sit here and we talk about what's our best midfield. And we've got an 18-year-old and a guy that potentially wants to leave the club that we've all sort of castigated over the months yeah. and years saying, when's Naby Keita going to turn up? And then the sort of final throws of his contract, here he is getting potentially three games in a row, which is also unheard of. Um, that There's more mobility in that in that three than there is if you bring in Henderson and Fabinho. <laughs> they are brilliant, brilliant players in their own right. One's out of form and one's played 470 games for Liverpool and is... Yeah, you're starting to see signs of wear and tear in Henderson. Uh, not to be negative about him, but that's the reality when you play that many games and you're 32. Um, those three will probably get the nod purely because of the industry and the work rate. And, and I think between now and the end of the season, for me, what's really interesting is if we can get Bessetti to run the games and he, and he shows that he's worthy of his contract and he, and he does the things that we're expecting him to do, yeah. he saves you £30 million in the summer because he is your six. He is your guy that you bring in or, and then you bring maybe Tyler Mortar back to understudy him or something like that. That's, that's not what our fans want to hear because they want to go and spend £80 million. This is an 18-year-old lad playing in the heart of a stretched Liverpool midfield and he doesn't look out of place. So the, the, the link with, with um, Thiago is really good for him as well. They've, they've made a bit of an on-field friendship as yeah. well for obvious reasons. So I think 
again, we talk about meritocracy. We talk about those players that play well, keeping their shirts. It would send out the wrong message to the, any of those three to say, I'm bringing you out and I'm playing Fabinho because mm-hmm. Fabinho's got no form to call on. So you can't do that. We still need to find a way to get back to remembering what it was like to win three or four games in a row. And I think you can't do that if you're forever changing your squad. So I think the midfield should and hope it stays the same. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with that one. Right, Dan, let's move forward then into the forward areas, no less. We went we touched upon this area. There's a massive difference in terms of Liverpool's attack compared to against Brighton <coughs> when you know they were very, very toothless. They do have Darwin Nunez mm-hmm. uh, available. He starts him almost. He's got to play. You think um, Mo Salah will play? Yeah. It's whether Jurgen sticks with Gakpo, whether he wants to stick Elliot out there again. He's got Chamberlain available again. I'm not sure with that one. Obviously, no Fabio Carvalho. It feels like it's a straight toss up this between Gakpo and Elliot. Yeah. And then also on that, it's where they play because like Gakpo can be up front, Gakpo can be on the left. Nunez, mm-hmm. vice versa with Nunez. Salah can go front if they want to. Harvey Elliot, we've seen going right. Yeah. I think there are four op- four genuine options. I think they're the four. Um, it's, it's a who is he going to go for, and b where he's going to deploy them. What, what would you what would you suggest he's going to do? What do you think he's going to do rather? Yeah, um, clearly, if you look at the injury list, he only has a finite amount of forwards available to him. Fabio Carvalho being the latest to fall by the wayside there, so he hasn't got an abundance of options. But he does have four players there who can fit into different roles in it, which is interesting. For me, the the last option he should opt for would be Harvey Elliott from the left. That just simply doesn't work. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't work. The only positive about that, and I mentioned it, I think it was on, um, not the final word, the intermatch reaction with you after the game, see, is that he can whip crosses in instantly with his left foot. But that's it. Outside of that, him being on the left makes no sense whatsoever to me. I would be very tempted, if I was Jürgen Klopp, to just go with your three most senior lads and your three, probably your three frontline lads, you'd have to say, when it comes to the attack, available to you now, which is Gakpo, Nunes and Salah. Harvey Elliott could feel hard done by, especially after the Wolves' performance in the last round. But for me, if he's not going to start on the right wing or in that attacking eight role that he adopts, I don't, he just can't start the game. Yeah. He just can't. And Salah, we've all said, is going to start. He's out of form, man. I mean, Salah, by the way, massively out of form. So if he kind of came in for Salah, he wouldn't be that surprised. But Salah's going to start because he needs goals, he needs a bit of confidence himself. But like I say, if we're saying the midfield three is going to stay the same, which I tend to agree with, then Elliot and Fortin misses out on this one because I think we need to see more of Gakpo, Nunes and Salah as a combination. I think that has to be the way we look for the next few weeks while Firmino and etc. are out. So I think we need that understanding. We need them to sort of work together, play together, yep. realise when they're going to make the runs. And also, I love the idea, and I've said it a few times on shows now, about Nunes and Gakpo interchanging. I don't think if you put one on the left and one central, that just swaps all the time, and I really like that. On that, Steve, then, if it is going to be those three, mm. there's still a decision to be made, isn't there? Like I say, Gakpo, I, I've not been, I don't think he's a centre forward. I'm not sure Darwin Nunes might be, I don't, I don't know what, again, the all, every, it's like every forward we've got, whose name is it, Mohamed Salah, really, like playing on the left. Yeah. Um, I mean, Roberto Firmino was sad, obviously, <laughs> but like, in Diaz, Jota, Nunes, Gakpo, they're all left wingers, really, um, or that feels like they, they could play there. That is a decision to be made because. I don't know. I feel like I feel I feel a bit sorry for Cody Gakpo. Really, he's yeah, been yeah. thrown in into an underperforming team in a position that he hardly ever plays in. Mm-hmm. He's been asked to do a job, and he's done it to the best of ability. But if you want to get the best out of him, I suppose it would make sense to stick him out on the left. Um, Darwin can play number nine. He's done that a bit this season again. He, he'll, he'll naturally drift anyway, so you will get some interchange between them. But as a, as a general start and position, I don't know. I, my sense is that I, I think. Gakpo being back on the left would, would do him a, a whole lot of good. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. If, if you're a 
Lewis Dunk, for instance, and you're looking ahead to tomorrow's game and it's Gakpo and you're thinking, I've watched the videos. He does, shows no willingness to run in behind at all. Um, he comes short, shows for the ball. He's really clever at looking after the ball. I like that about him. Um, the other fellow, Nunes, by the way, will I try and isolate me and try and run me every single time they get the ball. I don't want that. I'm not looking forward to that. So for me, it would be Gakpo on the left, Nunes through the centre and, and obviously Salah on the right. Um, I have some sympathy for Gakpo too. He's not played in the same eleven yet, two consecutive games. It must be really difficult to join a new club. There's a there was a, a worldwide expectation. This guy's really good. He's had a great World Cup. Wherever he goes, they're going to get a player, and we haven't been able to see that. And that's not his fault. No. So stick him on the left. Stick Nunes through the centre. Dan's right. Get the rotation going between the two of them. But it was so easy for Brighton to for the back two centre the two centre backs to join in with the back of the midfield because. Gakpo offered no threat running in behind. There was no risk involved with stepping up and joining him with play. You can't do that with Nunes because he's faster with the ball than you are without anyway. Never mind giving him 40 yards to put the afterburners on. You're not getting anywhere near him. Mm-hmm. And it might take him the five minutes he's got to, to make his mind what to do with the ball, by the way, at that point. But he keeps you honest. He keeps your, back, your centre-backs honest and you, you can't switch off for a second. I think you're 100% right. With that being said, then, guys, let's talk about our 11s. Go yeah. on, Dan, if you're, you're Jürgen and you're going down there to the south coast and you're picking the start and 11, tell yeah. me what you're doing. Um, well, it's got to be Alisson in goal, hasn't it? Although, obviously, Keller came in for that replay, but I think Alisson had a little problem. Didn't he? So, yeah, Alisson in goal. Trent comes back in the right back. I haven't seen Milner for a few weeks. And then Canate, Gomez and Robbo. The same midfield. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with Pajetic, Keita, Thiago, and then Salah. Um, Salah, he's a Firmino then, I wish. Salah, Nunes and Gakpo. And just on the Gakpo stuff, I totally agree with Steve. Like he's, people shouldn't be criticising for the start he's had. Jurgen Klopp doesn't like playing new players from the start. He's had to with Gakpo because mm. we haven't had players available to us not to do so. And obviously, I did all the expert insights on him and not wanting to say, oh, he can play as a false nine. That's something he does. He doesn't do it. And we've asked him to so do it. So you're sticking him on the left? You've got to be on the left. Yeah, but like I said, I don't mind him popping up in the middle every now and then, but as a rule on the left, because that's where he's had all his success. That's where he's, we, we've signed him because of what he does in the left wing, not because of what he does that makes you false nine. So he's got to be. I agree with that. Any changes? We do the same thing. Exactly what Dan says. I think I think it speaks for itself. And you know, again, going back to Gakpo, he can play as a secondary striker. He can play a little bit deeper than a nine, but we wouldn't set up that way anyway. Um, so I think I think it's pretty. It's pretty. If you're going strong for me, it's pretty obvious what you do. But we've sat here many many times and gone. This is what's going to happen. And Saturday comes and it looks nothing like that. So this is just our thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with Dan completely with that lineup. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, same one with you. That's what I would do. Keep an eye by the on the channel later on. I'll be back later this afternoon with the Start Eleven Prediction Show where I'll guess what I think Jürgen's going to do. So I will get that for you then. Yeah. But that's what I would do if it was my personal uh, point of view. Right then, FA Cup weekend, of course, means there's lots and lots and lots of fixtures happening. At time recording, obviously we're recording this on Friday, so tonight is the big one between City and Arsenal. One of those are going out elsewhere. It feels like there's a lot of Premier League sides who should go through, so there's a, but there are a potential couple of giant killings on offer here. So, Warsaw hosting Leicester tomorrow morning. Um, well, that's tomorrow afternoon, actually, I should say. Um, when Saturday afternoon. Leeds going to Accrington Stanley. Um, yeah, we can skim through some of these. But Southampton uh, hosting Blackpool's in there as well. We've got Fulham against Sunderland. Spurs going to Preston. Man U. The Man U just play Reading every year. Yeah, I feel like I've yeah. seen that game a million times. Paul Lynch at Reading, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, and uh, obviously West Ham against Derby as well. And then there's a lot of, of, of ties with lower division sides in it. So 
There's a chance here, they just in general, if Liverpool can get through, and I think actually they're underdogs to get through this game. I think we would be a bit of a giant killer if we got through. But in general, there's a there's a potential for a decent straw. There's nobody there really. Oh, listen, one of Arsenal or City are going to be through, of course, and there's going to be some decent sides. But there's also going to be a lot of you know the Sheffield Wednesday, the Fleetwoods, you've got Blackburn versus Birmingham, you've got Ipswich versus Burnley, Bristol versus West Brom, Luton v Grimsby. Mm. There's a chance where when you get into that fifth round, there's going to be a, 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 a decent draws on offer before you know it. You know, you're six round and you're like, oh, this again. We've been here before. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool kind of did that last season, to be honest. The, the draw was quite kind to them early through the early stages of, of the cup competitions and he took full advantage of it. That's certainly in play again this season, provided, like I say, they can put the wrongs to right. Sorry, the, the wrongs to right down at Brighton. Well, this could be one of our only paths to Europe if things don't go well with the Premier League. And that's grim saying that, but that's the reality we're looking at. It's having a good day, isn't it, again? <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. You've got to keep all your options open, haven't mm. you? You look at City versus Arsenal game, at some point in the remainder of the season, they've got to focus more on the on getting across the line to win the Premier League. So in future rounds, they may choose to go weaker. We could benefit from that. Yeah, there are opportunities to go deep into this, into this competition. Um, we've probably got the draw we didn't want right now for the weekend because of what happened before. This is a tough, tough game for us. If we get something out of that, we gain confidence. It helps with the with the league. And as you say, some somebody some big clubs will go out. One from City and Arsenal will be gone. And that's massive. So it has to be looked at seriously in terms of an option for Europe, in terms of an option for a trophy. Which is why I don't think we go weak because it's our options are becoming less and yeah, less, yeah. aren't they? Absolutely. Shout out to Ashley Pascoe in the in the YouTube chat. Basically, I'm going the game again. Why am I doing it to myself? It's because you're a legend, Ashley. Because you follow the Reds up and down the road, regardless if they're good, bad, or indifferent. You're an absolute superstar. Hope you have a better result than when I was down there. And by the way, if you, if you get a chance, go to Brighton. Brighton's amazing, anyway. So uh, and hopefully it's warmer than it was the other day. Because yeah. my God, I was cold when I was down there. But yeah, that's why that's why you do it to yourself, Ash. Because you're a superstar. Right then. Um, I mentioned before about the little announcement. So yeah, the, the match builder show here that we do on YouTube in a couple of days in advance of um, of the games. That's going to move. We're having a bit of a, a reshuffle. We've listened to your feedback. We've we've taken over. I'm having a bit of a refresh. Really, uh, doing things a little bit differently. Trying to what do you say, guys? What would you what's the word? Refresh, re, re, restart, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Sure, yeah. yeah, why not? And basically improve, make things a lot better. We want to be your go-to place on match days. So going forward, starting again actually for this very weekend against Brighton. The uncensored match build-up, remember that? That's, it's coming back. The uncensored match build-up is back and it'll be live on YouTube at an hour and 15 minutes before kick-off of every single Liverpool game. So yeah, get yourselves involved on a match day. What it allows us all to do is have a bit more information about team news and injury and stuff because doing these three days before the game sometimes, sometimes it's a bit of a juggling act and we don't really know. So I think it really, really does help. And yeah, we're, we're really excited. We've had a big old planning meeting in a couple of those and we've... We've got some really cool ideas and more on that throughout the next couple of days and weeks over here on the YouTube channel and on Redmen Plus, I promise you. We think it's class. We've listened to the feedback and I'm sure you guys are going to think it's class as well. So, yeah, if you're wondering a couple of, where, where the build-up show is in the future, check out our match days. You will love it, I promise you. It'll be it'll be this, a different setup, a different vibe, lots of live, lots of interactiveness as well. So, yeah, we've got you guys covered over there. Come and join us every single match day on YouTube. I promise you won't regret it. If you're going down the ground... You can listen or you can watch on the commute. If you're at home on the, with, before getting ready for the game, watch us there as well. I promise you, it's boss. You'll love it. Certainly, certainly do. Speaking of the YouTube channel, and I touched upon this before, uh, Jürgen's press conference, available now as pre-match press conference. That's there for you. It's available in podcast form as well if you want that. Um, Dan, mm-hmm. you've had a couple of shows out on Plus this week, uh, Expert Insights. So you've done one on finances, yeah. one on the transfers. 
Yeah. Just give us a little bit of info. On yeah, that. so the expert insight with was Mo Chatra, that was on FSG, and the finances obviously from the fallout of the Deloitte Money League, which was published last week. Liverpool actually got record high turnover in that. So just discussed what it all meant and what it the actual figures meant, but also what it means moving forwards, obviously with a sale or minority sale or whatever. And also I did a transfer of insight last night with Valentina Maseri from Sport Build in Germany. Spoke obviously about Jude Bellingham, of course, uh, Ryan Gravenberg, and a little bit of Javi Alonso in there as well. But also the Mo Chatra one is on Redmen Plus now, but we'll also be heading over to YouTube tomorrow as well. So, well, so yeah, Redmen Plus, redmenplus.com for those. Yeah, I, I mentioned before as well, I'll be doing a starting 11 prediction show uh, later on as well, but I'll be guessing Jürgen's team, so keep an eye out for that one right then. Before we go, guys, hands on heart. You can be honest with me, you can lie to me face, I don't care at this point. You only have to look at yourselves in the mirror. Score predictions, Dan Club. First time ever, I'm not going to predict Liverpool win. This goes to a replay. This is 1-1, this game. When you started that sentence, I was going to come to you with, we're doing this again at Anfield. Yeah, we are. Two-all, one-all? One-one. One-all. In midweek in a couple of weeks, this is us again. Two-all. Two-all. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I think, I, I, yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. We go again. We'll be back at Anfield. We're doing another one of these. Anfield. Maybe who knows? And the yeah, whole yeah. new umbu. Yeah, the whole new one. I can imagine Paul watching this live or listening. Go no, we're seven nil. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, maybe we're, maybe we're a bit too pessimistic. Sorry about that. But yeah, I think it's all. I think Liverpool can win. And, I just hope they play better, and I think they can play better. It'd be hard to get worse. Really, yeah. would be that was like bottom of the of the of the hill. Liverpool start to climb back up again. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And like I say, if you want redemption, go back to the place where you got done in in the first place and go back and get at it again. Right then, thank you very much for joining us on the Match Builder Show. Thanks to Dan, thanks to Steve, thanks for you guys for watching or listening. Yet yeah, do come and check out Match Day on Red Men YouTube channel. You will love it, I promise. You're starting with your sense of Match Builder. It's Chris, it's Paul and it's Dan on that one live from. That'll be 12.15 UK time uh, with a 1.30 kickoff for the watch along to follow. So yeah, come and join us then. Ta-da. Thanks for listening. If you want even more Bosch content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.